0: Hey everybody, welcome to Just Friends. As always, I'm your host, Mitchell Embry, and I've said this almost every intro that I've done so far, but this time I actually mean it. I could not be more excited about our guest this week because she is without a doubt the most amazing person I've ever met in my entire life. She's my wife, Sarah Embry. There are a few of you guys listening who know Sarah already, but for the most part, I imagine... A lot of you guys are really curious about her, she's definitely not a person that any of my high school friends would know from our childhood. For those of you guys who already know her, it's going to come as no surprise that Sarah was an amazing guest on the podcast. She's had super interesting experiences, she got to talk a lot about traveling and some of the philanthropic things that she's had the privilege to do throughout her life. And I'm really excited to introduce you guys to her because she's wonderful, I love her, she's definitely my favorite person in the whole world. And so now I'm excited to get to introduce to you our friend and my wife, Sarah Embry. There you go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What are these things you got over the mic? What are they called?
0: They're called pop filters. So you want no, the, this thing. That's called a windshield.
1: A windshield.
0: You want the mic to be about a fist away from your face.
1: Really? Yep. Oh. So I'm good here.
0: Yeah. And you don't mind even, you could probably.
1: This is with my nose touching
0: it. Maybe a little too close. Okay. Yeah. So this is exciting. Yes. Because everybody wants to hear you. Really? Yeah. Lots of people.
1: Really yeah. though?
0: Yeah. Like Elena has been like, we've been waiting for Sarah to do a podcast. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, me too.
1: Well, I'm not a good talker. I'm a quiet person naturally. You are. So this is out of my comfort zone doing this. But you're my husband, so I'll do it for you. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) So most of the people who are listening to this probably don't know who you are. Okay. But they know who you are because they know you're my wife. I am your wife. But that's about it.
1: Really? You (laughs) think that's all they know about me? I
0: imagine, yeah. Unless what they've creeped about you on Facebook.
1: Which isn't much. Yeah. Okay. So
0: let's tell them a little about who you are. Introduce yourself.
1: My name is Sarah. Yep. I'm 26 years old. I'm from Goshen, Kentucky.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that, because you're from Goshen, Kentucky.
1: Pretty much opposite ends of the city yeah, we live um, in, Louisville. Almost
0: exactly opposite each other.
1: Yeah. Goshen was a great place to grow up. I lived in a small neighborhood with just probably about 10 or 15 houses, and we all had lots of like land. Like We had six acres, so lots of area to explore as a kid growing up. Um, And really good schools.
0: Because technically, that's Oldham County, right? So
1: it's a separate county. Yeah, it's Oldham County instead of where we are now, Jefferson. But it's it's close enough to Prospect. It's kind of on the line.
0: Yeah, and then that's why you got to go to Oldham County schools?
1: Yeah, because where Goshen is, I was in the district of North Oldham High School and North Oldham Middle School, which is where I went.
0: If you live in Prospect... What Jefferson County school do you go That's to? That's
1: interesting because I have a friend who her house was like on the line and it was wherever the master bedroom was. That's where she went to school, Jefferson or Oldham. So in Prospect, the line kind of goes through neighborhoods and some kids go to Oldham, some kids go to Jefferson County. Right. It kind of gets split in half.
0: What would be the home school for Prospect for Jefferson County?
1: I don't know. Um... Ballard is close.
0: Ballard. Probably Ballard. Ballard's yeah, a really good school. So that really makes sense. That's
1: really close. I would guess that's probably 10 minutes or less. But I don't know. I'm not familiar with schools out there.
0: Mm-hmm. So you grew up in Goshen mm-hmm. in a tiny little neighborhood Yep, and it was you and your older brother Will and your parents.
1: Yeah, he's he's two and a half years older than me.
0: Mm-hmm. And your dad well, had a big fancy job that you can't really describe to me at all.
1: I don't know what he did. I know he was a computer engineer. He got a degree from Speed School at U of L, but as far as day to day, no, I really couldn't tell you.
0: And your mom has a degree in, she was a dental hygienist, right? She
1: actually never finished her degree. It's one of her biggest regrets in life, I think. Susan, don't you her. regret
0: that for a second. So
1: she went to college, but she met my dad and got married and had kids. So yeah, she never actually finished her degree. I think she has an associate's. Um, she is a dental assistant. Um, so she does, yeah, she really does a lot of work in the dental field. She She's kind of a wide variety of things she can do.
0: But when you were a kid, she stayed at home with you guys, right? Yeah,
1: she's a stay-at-home mom. Get it. It was the best. Yeah? Yeah.
0: So describe your childhood. Talk about, like, for as far back as you can remember. Like,
1: Oh, gosh. I don't remember. I struggle to remember. I remember early, like, random days. Like, I remember one time being on my dad's shoulders and dropping gum in his hair and thinking it was hysterical.
0: I bet he didn't think that was hysterical.
1: No, I don't. <laughs> I doubt it. But I don't know, like you know, where we were, what we were doing at the time. So my early childhood memories are kind of vague. Um, I remember the first house I ever lived in was in river bluff in mm-hmm. Goshen.
0: Same. Is that the same neighborhood that your brother and sister-in-law live in now? No,
1: no, it's not. Um, and I, what I remember is that house having a really big basement. And then my mom shows me pictures of the basement like a couple of weeks ago. And it's so tiny. Like it's smaller than our basement now, oh, yeah. but I remember it being huge and just having a ton of toys and, um, a really nice backyard. I remember that. But my childhood was really fun because my mom always picked us up and always took us to school. I never rode the bus. That was an experience I never really had that a lot of kids do have. And then just constantly doing stuff like sports or um, crafts or like extracurricular activities. We did a lot of that.
0: Like, like what what types of sports and, and stuff like
1: that? My brother played soccer growing up. Um, He's one of those kids, huh? I was into music, I took piano lessons, I danced, I loved horses, I rode horses, so my parents really were lucky enough to get us into a lot of different things that we were interested in.
0: So your two big ones were dance, Mm
1: -hmm. because I've seen the pictures. Oh, have you?
0: I have. (laughs) And then also horses. Yeah. So talk talk about buckwheat. Oh, God.
1: So, I begged my parents to be able to ride horses when I was five. We always used to do this thing, which is probably horrible. It's probably, thinking about it, it's probably horrible. But where we'd have pony parties, so we would have horses come to my parents' backyard, because we have six acres, Mm -hmm. and they would lead us around on ponies in a field in circles. Yeah. And that was my birthday party. What's
0: terrible about that? That doesn't seem bad.
1: I mean... No, I guess it's not, but just like thinking about it now, taking a pony to somebody's backyard and leading a ton of kids around on it just sounds like a nightmare for the person and for the horse. So I really liked horses, and then I begged my parents to start riding. They really said no until I was older, and then I started when I was seven um, taking lessons and really got into it. So my parents did what's called leasing a horse, where you don't own the horse, but you pay for some of their care and maintenance and then you get to ride them whenever you want not necessarily in a lesson but just on your own time as well
0: what was the name of that horse
1: his name was lucky lucky shout out to lucky he was amazing his lucky dad yes
0: shout out to lucky
1: very very dead he was very old (laughs) (laughs) he was an old old horse when i rode him and then when i turned nine my parents um went and invested in a buying a horse because i really loved lucky yeah, i they clearly knew that i was not gonna like just quit they just they knew that i was
0: you've been doing it for two years so i was gonna keep doing it yeah,
1: yeah. um and his name was buckwheat, buckwheat. And he was a quarter horse and he was 19 years old when you was, got him when i got him
0: that's how all promises now right
1: no promise is 18
0: okay well, i'm sorry my, my b <laughs> so to explain to people what a quarter horse is
1: um, it's a breed of horse, um, well known, I think in the Western world, more so than the English world, but it's just an all around good horse. They just, you can train them to do really whatever you want. They're not super tall. They're kind of medium sized. Um,
0: so smaller than your average thoroughbred because people are going to know what a thoroughbred, yeah,
1: thoroughbred is. is. Thoroughbreds are usually tall, lanky, long legs because they're, they're breed, bred to run. Um, so court horses are just generally good horses. And he was, he was a great horse for me because I really learned a lot about taking care of an animal that big and, you know, how to do that and how to take care of it. So so was, how long
0: did you have buckwheat?
1: I had him two years and then he got sick. So he got something called colic, which happens quite common or frequently in the horse world to horses. Um, it's basically like there's different types of colic. It can be an impaction to where they don't defecate normally right <laughs> anyway so his um his colic was severe and he was also old he was 20 i guess he was 21 then um
0: just just old enough to drink and
1: yeah we had to euthanize him one year which was really sad that was the that was the first and really only the first time but only like one of two times i've ever seen my mom cry yeah it really freaked me out <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: that's sad poor Mm -hmm. buckwheat
1: it was sad it was my experience first experience with death ever I was uh I was 11 or 10 maybe 10 going on 11 um and I never experienced death before and I know it was just a pet it was a horse but that was a big change and that was a big deal to a little 11 year old Sarah
0: so tell people what you were doing on buckwheat like why'd you have them like what was the point
1: I enjoyed riding horses.
0: And that was it? You weren't doing like jumping and stuff like that yet? Yeah, we
1: would jump and we would... I mean, I was just learning how to do all of that. I was learning how to take care of horses, how to maintain equipment, what it was used for. And yeah, we would jump.
0: Were you riding Western saddle at Mm -mm. that time? No, That was
1: all English style.
0: Oh, English. That's Mm -hmm. what I meant to say. That's what I meant to say. That's cool. So you're you're a tiny little nine-year-old. How much did you weigh? Like four or five pounds? Six pounds?
1: Maybe. Not even that. I've seen pictures
0: of you. You were... A little eatsy beatsy.
1: Yeah, I was teensy until I went to college and then I like actually became a full adult woman. I was I was stick then. I was like the same size throughout my whole life until I went to college.
0: That's awesome. See, I was the opposite of that. I was just been fat forever.
1: <laughs> you I've seen some pictures of you as a baby and as a little kid and you're adorable.
0: Oh well, thank you.
1: You are a little chubby, but you're adorable. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm.
0: So You got a horse. You spent most of your elementary school and middle school years horsing around.
1: I did, which I think was good for me because I really learned that whole, you know, responsibility aspect. Like my mom would drop me off at the barn and I would just clean stalls and I would, um, you know, groom horses all day. Wow. And that was fun for me. Really? But it was hard work. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough work. Like, you know, fill water buckets and scrub water buckets and scrub water drops and all that.
0: Yeah. That sounds that's something I've said about you before to other people that like, I think you got a lot of, you learned a lot of really beneficial patterns of
1: behavior. I don't think it really helped my social ability though. <laughs> I'm a naturally quiet person. That's just how I am. I think you've probably noticed. Um, <laughs> so just working around horses and being in the barn and stuff did not help me try to make new relationships with people and, Learn, learn those skills. I didn't learn those till at least high school.
0: But there were other girls there, right? Yeah, yeah. Was it mostly girls?
1: Mostly girls. There were a few guys. Yeah. No. Shout out to the guys that ride horses. They're awesome. Hey. Don't be giving
0: shout out to to other boys. Yeah, no, they're awesome. I mean, I don't approve of it at all. (laughs) So middle school. What was middle school like for you?
1: Middle school was a rough time. I feel like middle school is just awkward. So my middle school was sixth grade through eighth grade, which is different for some people because I went to this little elementary school called Liberty Elementary, which is closed now, which went from kindergarten to fifth. But in Goshen, Goshen Elementary only went through fourth. Really? So those kids started middle school in fifth grade. So whenever I went to middle school, those kids already knew each other. They were already like in middle school and like, doing the middle school life so um yeah it was it was an awkward time for sure seventh grade i had a really bad riding accident i broke my entire foot and ankle and um that was a struggle because i had to rely on other people to like get me to and from class and then eighth grade was whenever i had my first ever crush which i feel like is pretty normal like you start having those relationships and crushes in middle school
0: i think for me it might have been earlier than that
1: where you like notice the opposite sex and it's like oh i'm supposed to like them like
0: yeah but i think also one of the things that has been established in this podcast is that i may have been a, a wee bit girl crazy
1: <laughs> really yeah
0: every every conversation i've had so far i think i've said i had a huge crush <laughs> on blank
1: <You> <laughs> which is really fun for me to hear <laughs> gosh
0: i bet it is i'm sorry
1: no it's fine
0: uh if it makes you feel any better, none of those feelings were ever reciprocated. Never. Aww. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of no, sad. No, that
1: doesn't make me feel better. That's so,
0: so tell me about this young gentleman. What was his name?
1: Oh, his name was Sam, and he was tall. And I think I spoke like three words to him total mm-hmm. in our relationship, yeah, fuck which you, was Sam. like you know a week long. I'm yeah, just kidding, Sam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, he was supposed to be my square dancing partner in humanities class. I don't think we even ever did the square dance. Like, I think it was just like canceled because of snow days, but. Yeah, we dated for like a week, you know? Oh,
0: wow. So you like actually, <laughs> so it wasn't just a crush. Like you actually had a boyfriend.
1: Well, I guess you could call it that, but I couldn't really. I mean, it, I don't know. It's middle school. It's eighth grade.
0: Yeah. Like your parents You're drop what, you like off at the movies together.
1: Yeah. Like, or, you know, you see each other in the hallway and you walk together.
0: And you talk on the phone in the evenings and you tell everybody that that's your boyfriend. <laughs> that's pretty much, I mean, that is, and that's he pretty has, much what it is. to, you
1: know, call the home phone and talk to my dad first and then ask for me. That was a big thing. Yeah. Which kids nowadays don't do because they have smartphones when they're 11.
0: Exactly. They're, they're sitting each other nudes.
1: God, I couldn't imagine. They are, though. That's crazy. No, like my any any guy I was interested in that would call me if I gave him a number, it would be my home number. So, you know, they'd call and talk to my parents first. who would always answer the phone and then eventually get me. And then my parents could, like, get on the phone upstairs. My brother and uh, listen to our conversation. Of course. That happened.
0: In my mind, I imagine your mother really enjoying the conversation that she had with the young men that would call you. And I imagine your dad feeling really awkward
1: about it.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, let me get Sarah. But your mom would be like, hey,
1: Sam. Yeah. How are you? Let's have a conversation. I don't even think Sam ever called me. I think that was high school more that boys started calling. I think yeah. middle school, I was still trying to figure out like how to talk to people. And not just talk to horses because, you know, horses can't really talk back. So they're really easy to talk to. What? Yeah. Wait. Right. I I don't know if you know that about them. I
0: knew that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was making fun of you because I'm not certain that you've learned that yet.
1: (laughs) I really haven't. But uh, yeah, but no, middle school relationships aren't really relationships. No, they're not. But middle school is an awkward time. You're just kind of figuring out life. I remember one time um, I got really embarrassed uh, because I was in band. And I decided to be a percussionist because my brother could play drums and there was this girl by herself sitting in the percussion section. I felt bad for her. Her name is Kimberly. You've met her. Taylor? She's awesome, yes. Okay. So I joined band to hang out with her and I became really good friends with her. And there was this one time specifically, we had a concert and we all had to dress in black because it was a prism concert so they would shine lights on different um acts and different
0: um i thought you said a prison a prison prism, concert prism, prism, p-r-i-s-m
1: is that how you spell I it i think so yeah yeah sure
0: okay not prison
1: so you know whenever you shine light in a prism
0: okay, okay. what happens i was gonna say because probably orange would have been a better choice for a prison concert
1: <laughs> so we were all black so i got these black jeans that i was really excited about and in practice during the day i jumped up on stage like just like really excited and my pants ripped mm. right down the back wow like, underwear and everything.
0: Your underwear ripped, too? No. Okay. No. So, I was going to say, like, like you flash your butthole to everybody.
1: That would be even more traumatic. That
0: would be terrible. Yeah. never. You would probably never survive.
1: <laughs> no, this was just your underwear I was showing out. That's not terrible. Because your pants are ripped. I mean, for, okay, but think for an eighth grade-year-old, like, 11, 12, 12-year-old 12 girl, like, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's
0: pretty life-shattering.
1: And you're in a percussion group with one other girl and then, like, 10 dudes. Mm-hmm. Your are flashing your underwear
0: so wait what did you do to rip your pants
1: i jumped up on a stage and the pants were tight oh and like whenever i did that they ripped
0: there weren't stairs sarah there were okay how'd the concert go though
1: the concert went great um because kimberly was a sweetheart and she found some duct tape we asked um a couple other people around she duct taped my butt and then she called her mom and asked her mom to bring at me some extra pants. That was nice of her. Yeah.
0: It saved the day.
1: So I, I put on different pants and the concert went great. But yeah, no. The moral of that story, middle school is an awkward time. It's awkward for everybody. Just you got to get through it. And it's funny to laugh on now, you know, thinking back.
0: It is fun. I was also very awkward in middle school, so I can relate to that a lot.
1: Were you? So. Any uh, ripped pants stories?
0: I pooped my pants one time. I haven't, so... <laughs> it was sixth grade um let me think how did this exactly happen sixth grade it was early on in the school year too maybe we had been in school for like two weeks and so we
1: really early because did your middle school go sixth or eighth yeah okay
0: so i mean sixth grade i was probably at this point like 10 or 11 where did you go stewart middle school okay um it's right over by my parents house now and we were, we were kind of practicing the whole process of going through the lunch line because in middle school, you know, they, they walk you to the lunch and then they kind of let you into the lunchroom and they let you go. So they walk you to the cafeteria and then they kind of let you go. But at this point, it was early, so they were actually like walking us through the line and like showing us like what, what our expectations were. yeah So we were standing in line. We had eaten and we were lining back up to leave. And I had eaten some food And I drank all my milk, but I had a little bit of food stuck in my throat a little bit. And so I asked a gentleman, I think it was like a security guard. I was like, hey, can I get a drink of water? He was like, no, you can't get a drink of water. You got to stay in line. And I was like, I'm kind of choking on a piece of food here. And he was like, you got to stay in line. Now I would have just walked over and gotten a drink of water. But I was always like a rule follower. So... At the time, I was like, okay, well, this guy doesn't understand what's happening, but I'm choking. Like, I wasn't choking. I could breathe. And, like, the mucus was building up, you know, as it does when you have food lodged in your throat. And I was becoming uncomfortable. And so, eventually, I was just like, I really need to get a drink of water. He was like, no, you can't. And so, I puked.
1: Oh, my.
0: And when I puked, I pooped. Oh. So, it was like a double whammy. (laughs) That's horrible. So I was already embarrassed because I had puked. Grade? Yeah, Beginning of 6th grade? Uh, I pretty wow. much set the tone for the rest of middle school, yeah. Whew,
1: that's rough, babe.
0: So I had already puked. I was embarrassed. I'd also pooped. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't want to let anybody know that I've also pooped. I mean, right. shit, I've already puked.
1: Oh, did you just fake it? Like, just walk around with all that in your underwear? I mean, there wasn't a ton.
0: <laughs> it wasn't like I had unloaded. Okay. Like a complete... But, you know, a little creeped out. It was like a little sneaky little thing. So I tied a... you. Uh, uh, it happens. You know, what happened.
1: Not to everybody.
0: Well, it happened to me. Um, and it's happened to me multiple times in my life, actually. But those are different stories. So I just tied a... Like, I had on a sweater. Oh, sweat you shirt, were
1: that kid. You tied it around your tied waist. Tied it around my waist
0: to hide my booty stain. and.
1: Girls do that to hide their period stains. Oh,
0: poor girls.
1: Mm-hmm. I didn't because I didn't start my period until I was like an adult, but yeah.
0: I don't know if people need to know that. We'll leave it in though. It's fine. (laughs) Um, Let me think. So where did you go to middle school? What was it called? Was it North Oldham Middle? North
1: Oldham Middle, which was, I don't know if it was attached, but now is attached to North Oldham High School.
0: And then you transitioned to North Oldham High School,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah, which
0: is one of the best schools in the state. I'm not sure if you know that.
1: I believe it though, because... Yeah, it's in a small county. And a lot of the people in that county have a lot of money. And typically, if you have money, you have good education. Those things go hand in hand. I mean, I had a really good education through North. You know, like it was easy for me to get to college. Most people who go to North Oldham High School, I would say do go to college. Um, So yeah, I was really privileged for sure.
0: So talk about North Oldham. How many people were enrolled there while you were there?
1: Not a whole lot. I'm sure it's more now. So I was a freshman. My brother was a senior. My graduating class was 220. But I think it started less than that and then grew. Really? That's kind of usually
0: the opposite of what happens.
1: But that school was... There were only three high schools in the county. So it was... All three of them are growing. And I'm sure they still are. Because people are moving out there because they want the schools. So, yeah, my high school experience was really good. I was really involved. Um, I had a lot of great experiences
0: still horseback riding right
1: still horseback riding still dancing i joined cross country to meet people and just um i didn't really enjoy running when i joined it but i became a runner and really like enjoyed running by the end of it and i met a lot of friends there
0: that's cool what about that one class that you took uh what was it called senior project Senior
1: project i did take a senior project class um
0: see there's nothing there was nothing like that available at my also high school. I took
1: photography. Do you Ooh. have
0: that? There might have been stuff like that available at PRP. There's mm-hmm. definitely not a whole lot like that available at the school I work at now. Like
1: once I got to senior year, it was like, okay, you've already done everything to graduate, like figure out what you're interested in. So I took like photography and senior project where you had to, you had to design a project um, that you worked on throughout the year. It was an excuse to get out of class.
0: Yeah, talk about that class because it's really interesting because they give you guys a lot of autonomy.
1: They do. Um the year before the class you apply for it and you have to come up with a template for a project. Um that has to it has to benefit somebody else. It can't just be like you want to do all this on your own. Um and then once you get in, you design that project and work on it throughout the year. So once I got in, I joined up with two other guys that I had known through my youth group in church. And we um, raised money for a company that sends water purification all over the world. And we had raised a lot of money within a few months. So then um, we decided to organize a mission trip to Costa Rica where this company usually goes. And- um, What was the name of the company? It's called Edge Outreach, but now it's called Waterstep. At the time it was called Edge Outreach. Um, and we had ties to the owners or the people who were in charge of it through church. So, yeah, so my senior year of high school, I organized and led a mission trip to Costa Rica.
0: That's cool. You and Harry and Austin. Austin.
1: Yeah, the three of us. So we used our church, our youth group, and then we um, got a couple of people from the church congregation to go with us. And then we went with a couple other people from the company who also helped us um, install. We installed two water purification systems and then we did a lot of like health education um, while we were down there.
0: Like about like hygiene and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, like washing your hands. And we went to a lot of preschools. And then another random thing we did, which Waterstep does, is um, eye clinics. So we would test vision and then we would give out uh, free eyeglasses.
0: That's really cool.
1: Which was really cool because we had translators and then we picked up a little Spanish. I don't really know a whole lot, but I knew more than probably. Um, and you would see these people coming from miles and miles away and they wouldn't be able to read or they wouldn't be able to, you know, really function. And then they'd get these eyeglasses and they would. So that was really um, rewarding.
0: That is very, that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. So for you, that is that where travel really became interesting to you or had it started before then?
1: I think the experiences in high school with travel definitely is, is what I why I got that like Wanderlust.
0: <laughs> so you, you were able to travel to South America mm-hmm. in high school. Did you travel into, to other places like with your family or anything like that?
1: Uh, with my family, I just traveled in the United States with school, with North Oldham High School. I traveled to Italy and Greece junior year. Um, so I fundraised or I saved. I didn't really fundraise. I saved for a year and then I bought the trip to Italy and Greece over the summer before senior year. And that experience was really fun because that was a tourist experience. You went with teachers and you just got to experience like the Vatican and Rome and Pompeii and all these crazy places in Italy and Greece that are famous, Athens and um, the Parthenon. So that was really awesome. And it just like made me want to explore more and see other parts of the world. And then the trip in Costa Rica was so different because we went to rural Costa Rica and it was – Definitely not a first world country. Very, very poverty stricken.
0: Were you in a city at all? I imagine you flew into a city. We flew
1: into San Jose. Yeah. And then we took a bus from there. Um, But like we all got sick because we drank the water. You're not supposed to drink the water. Didn't they
0: tell you that? Didn't they tell you not to drink the water? (laughs) They
1: did. But unfortunately, um, where we stayed, we had people that were employed to cook food. And um, instead of using bottled water, they used tap water.
0: Oh, those fools.
1: Um, and we didn't really know it, so we drank it, and then we all got sick.
0: So you went to a country to install water purification systems, and then you got sick because you drank <laughs> unpurified water. Yeah. There's a fun irony about that whole story that I'm appreciating a lot at the moment.
1: Yeah, and the the Italy and Greece trip was really fun. It was with friends, and then a couple chaperones that were teachers. So these teachers took 16 and 17 year olds to Italy and Greece for 10 days. How many? there were close to 30 of us
0: 30 and how many teachers
1: at least three teachers and maybe two parents
0: yeah that's not bad
1: so five adults
0: that seems very manageable to me did anybody do anything crazy or anything stupid
1: anything crazy or stupid no we met a group um from i think they were from michigan and we met there some some other states starts with them um and like, we just joined their group and like, so it was combined, but they also had their own chaperones. Um, but nothing crazy happened. A couple of them were definitely more crazy than our group. We were pretty rule followers, pretty good kids. Um, one girl made out with another girl on the top of a roof. In
0: nice. Rome.
1: I think that's when she like discovered she was into girls. Um, wow.
0: What a story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, everybody remembers it too, which is kind of crazy.
0: I'm just saying for her. Like, how did you find out? You, how did? You, when did you realize that you were a lesbian? I, guess in high school. I made out with this girl on top of a building in Rome. <laughs> like, that's pretty fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. The girl's name was Stormy too. Great name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Not so much anymore now because of the whole Stormy Daniels situation.
1: I, I do remember her dad was a chaperone and he had Stormy tattooed on his arm.
0: Well, I better, you know. You're not gonna divorce your child, so a pretty safe, pretty safe call.
1: That's true. You're gonna have your child in your life the rest of your life. Yeah, so. but no, nothing else really super crazy happened. I remember we tried like bourbon balls in Italy because the drinking age is younger, but mm. like bourbon balls can't get you drunk, so it just tasted funny. Well, it
0: depends on how many you eat. I think really, I think so. Yeah, huh? But yeah, you're probably pretty safe with just we one or two have bourbon balls. Wine,
1: but we didn't because we didn't really care to because we were we were having fun you know, just on the trip.
0: And you also would have gotten in trouble, I imagine, if yeah, you were oh to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you just wait until you hear, it's already been recorded, but it's not edited <laughs> or posted, but Troy Davis. Yeah. He has a fun story about the trip that our senior class took to New York City. Oh, really? And just some uh, things that he got involved with while he was up there. And they will make your little trip, Um, it was pretty scandalous
1: yeah no we were pretty good um in high school yeah no my high school trips were all very pg he
0: shared some fun um he shared the story on the podcast and it was very fun but he shared some very specific details with me that he didn't share in the podcast that i'll tell mm-hmm. you about off air
1: and i mean i even went with my then boyfriend
0: Who? Uh, what
1: yeah so my boyfriend at the time also went to italy and greece with oh, me. oh i don't
0: like this at all <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I couldn't room with him, obviously. I roomed with girls. So I roomed with a couple girls who I didn't really know super well, and I became extremely good friends with them um, throughout the trip. But yeah, my boyfriend was on that trip.
0: That motherfucker.
1: Nothing crazy happened. I think he bought me something from Italy. Like, you know. Damn. He's already without so much me cooler knowing. than me. But like, nothing crazy happened.
0: That's fun. It's good. I'm glad. Yeah. It's just. It was fun. And you, it kind of that is what set in motion the chain of events that kind of created in you a desire to travel and see the mm-hmm. world.
1: I can't really say that I loved the Italy and Greece trip more than I did the Costa Rica trip in high school. Um, I think I loved the Costa Rica trip more, but
0: do you feel like because you had those experiences, you had your eyes open to, to the reality that people everywhere are just all kind of the same.
1: Yeah, everybody is the same. It's just where you're born and what family you're born into and you're lucky or you're not lucky, which is yeah. kind of hard to wrap your mind around because of how different your life is probably depending on that.
0: Yeah, I've I've explained it before, but I'm very much a believer in that we are all pretty much the same and like we vary a small amount by our DNA. But really what separates us is the experiences that we have throughout our lives.
1: And I enjoy talking to people about that. And that's also why I like traveling because on other trips I've done, um, people are just very open to talk about their lives. And it's nice. It's refreshing to hear somebody else's story. I agree with that. That's Mm -hmm.
0: awesome. So it was during your time in high school... That you got promise?
1: <laughs> I got promise when I was 11. 11, so in middle, middle school. school.
0: Okay. Talk about and promise. Because I... promise is your hard horse.
1: <laughs> Do you know what that means? Oh, you've, you've
0: explained it to me, Sarah. Have I? Yes. I think it's ridiculous, <laughs> but I'm very aware of what it is. Yeah,
1: she is. So I got promise when I was 11. After Buckwheat died, we went horse shopping, which is extremely stressful um, and crazy thinking about it now my parents knew nothing of horses so they were trusting my trainer at the time or my instructor to find a horse for their daughter and promise was way too much horse for me i was 11 she was four she was not well trained she like she didn't have much training on her she was young um (laughs) <laughs> so, whenever I got her, everybody else at the barn thought my parents were crazy. Like, why did you buy this nice horse for this young girl who's learning how to ride? Because she was a very,
0: a very nice pedigree, right?
1: Yeah. She has really good good bloodlines. She's she's bred to jump. She's German. Um, so, she's really nice jumper.
0: Oldenburg.
1: Oldenburg is her breed. Google she, it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she has a brand on her uh, left flank, essentially. And she's registered. Is that a big deal? What does that mean? Um, That just means she was registered at birth to specific um, mom and dad. Oh, like, so she has
0: a pedigree, like like an actual pedigree. You
1: can see where she was, you know, where she was bred, who she was bred to, her sire, that sort of thing. Um, First
0: promise. If you want to Google this, guys, first F I R S T promise. P R O M I S E.
1: Okay, I don't think they're going to find anything if they Google, Google her. If they Googled her dad. They might find something. What was his name? His name was First Goddard.
0: F-E-U-R-S-T, no. Yeah, right?
1: F-U-E-S. F-U-E-R-S-T? The German spelling?
0: Does it still mean first? Like yeah. Like number one?
1: Uh, I don't know. Sure. We can find out. Anyway, so I was 11. I got this four-year-old Oldenburg, and she was way too much horse. Meaning, I was still learning the basics of riding, and she needed to be trained. So I had somebody who we paid to instruct me and I would take lessons with, and she would also help train promise. And then I would also learn it, but, um, it was hard. I would fall off a couple times a day. <laughs> Whereas buckwheat, I only ever fell off once the whole two years I had him. Um,
0: he was taking care of you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He was like, you know, this is a newbie, you know, I'm just going to be gentle and easy and she can figure out how to do the rest
0: because he was 19 he was an old, old yeah father.
1: he was he's a, he was seasoned promise was not she was very new um so sometimes she would just jump really big and i just wouldn't know how to stay on and so i would just fall off so there were a couple lessons where i would fall off two or three times in the lesson that was normal but i mean when you fall off when you're a kid you bounce right back up and you're fine when you fall off when you're adult you kind of hurt <laughs> for a couple of days you're heavier is that what it is? I, I think
0: that has a little bit to do it with it. Yeah, makes
1: me feel old now because if now if I fall off my horse, gosh, it's hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, because F equals MA. So mass times acceleration. So but imagine
1: even then, like I would break bones and I would just get up and be fine. I don't would think you? that's true. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, the first time I ever broke a bone, I promise, was in seventh grade when I was 12. And I put my arm out to catch myself. Big no-no big no no when you fall off a horse you turn into a centipede and you become a ball and you roll like a little
0: roly-poly yes
1: i ignored everything and i put my arm out and so i broke my hand and my thumb and like my wrist area had a cast for a while and then the second time i broke something on her she actually fell and when she fell we were going down a bank which is a steep um decline or a steep hill and it the grass was wet and she slipped um, it was my fault. I was supposed to turn right and I, instead I turned left. And she slipped and fell on my leg and crushed my foot. So that broke a lot of bones. Um, but most of the time I could just like roll and get up and be fine and get back on. People thought, they thought my parents were crazy because they got this horse from this young girl who was, clearly way too much horse but things turned out great I mean she was a horse who could do whatever I wanted her to we got to experience lots of different types of riding and disciplines and just you know try them out to see what we liked and I still have her and she's 18 and we still jump regularly so she's a very you know she's we're we're in it for the long haul I've had her for a long time
0: so explain to people the concept of a heart horse
1: (laughs) Oh, man, I think I googled this and I sent it to you. A heart horse is like your true love.
0: It's like your horsey soulmate.
1: Except in horse. Yes, it's like your horse soulmate. So it's a horse who maybe you've gone through something really hard together and you've persevered or you've had them for a long time, like promise. I've had her for 14, almost 15 years, and she's seen me in a lot of different stages and we've been through a lot together. So yeah, that's what a heart horse is.
0: And can you have more than one heart horse? Usually no. See, that's where I that's I where I lose could, it. I guess you could,
1: but usually that's your horse. That's the one.
0: So you're already setting yourself up for this the next horse is just not going to live up to promise.
1: I don't know. Depends.
0: I don't know if I should even use the words next horse.
1: You shouldn't. Those are very dangerous words. Yeah, I'm
0: scared of those words cuz I will be responsible for helping purchase the next horse you'll be
1: a part owner how does that make you feel
0: i mean i guess technically i already am right
1: you are a part owner of a horse
0: that's right bitches you heard it you heard it here
1: because you're married to me so
0: i'll take it however i can get it yeah i think that is adorable but also very silly
1: and expensive
0: <laughs> oh that too but i was talking about the whole hard horse thing oh,
1: okay well that's you know that's an old term
0: mm-hmm. is there a movie called hard horse
1: i'm sure there's probably several. I don't know. And that's why Promise is amazing. She's seen me through all those things. She's heard all of it. My my middle school, through college, through adult life, Sarah, She she's known all of them. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. She probably thinks about it often. She probably reminisces. I'm sure. I remember when Sarah was a little kid and her little foot. Oh, I feel so bad about falling on her foot exactly no promise doesn't think worried sarah
1: no she probably doesn't
0: she she thinks she thinks carrot
1: carrot. yeah yeah mints well that's important though because i still have to understand that she's an animal and even me now i'm probably at higher risk of getting hurt now than i was when i was 11 because i'm so comfortable with her and I'm, i'm so used to her and i might just walk behind her and she might just kick me because I'm not paying attention because I think she's just, she knows what I'm thinking, but mm-hmm. that's crazy because right. she's an animal.
0: But if she knows it's you, she's not going to kick you.
1: No, not honestly. hard at least. Well, she has before. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, so into college I took promise and I still had her, which is part of the reason why I went to college close to home. Cause I, I knew it'd be really expensive to take her with me and almost not feasible. And I didn't want to leave her behind. So I went to Bellarmine University, which is a Catholic private school in Louisville, Kentucky, that offered me a lot of scholarship. So it was about the equivalent of going to University of Louisville. Nice. And their nursing school is widely known as being a really good nursing school. So I knew I would be able to get a job easily.
0: Yeah. So that was a you segued perfectly into that. So you you, after high school, you went to Bellarmine University.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that wasn't your first choice, right? Your first choice was UofL.
1: My first choice was UofL, and I went to tour both campuses. I liked both. U- Bellarmine is small. Bellarmine is probably the size of like your high school. Um, In terms
0: of like population? Yeah,
1: it's a small school. It's a private it's expensive. But UofL, you know, is huge, a lot of commuters. Um, but whenever I went to tour UofL, the admissions counselor encouraged me to go to Bellarmine. She was a Bellarmine graduate and she said, you know, their nursing school is widely known, like they give a lot of scholarship. Why aren't you looking there? And um <laughs> yeah, that admission counselor kind of discouraged me from seeking U of L.
0: So your motivation to go to U of L was just cuz that's where both of your parents had gone, that's where your brother was then at the time. And
1: that's where my boyfriend went.
0: That motherfucker. Here we are again, back to this guy.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that's a big motivation when you're when you're, what, 18 years old. So, yeah, my parents, my brother was currently enrolled and my boyfriend was going there. I was like, well, I'll look there. Why not? But I liked Bellarmine better and it gave me a good scholarship opportunity. They put you in clinicals and hospitals way earlier than University of Louisville. So I liked that and uh, I'm glad I went there.
0: So you've already said it, but you went there. Your plan was to major in nursing. Mm-hmm. What led you to that decision?
1: Um, in high school, I developed a tumor on my thyroid gland, which was benign but still had to be removed um, <clears throat> because it was growing, and it looked funky. Uh, could so, you see it like from the outside? Oh, yeah
0: you could see like a bump?:
1: Yeah, it looked like an Adam's apple almost, oh. like a massive
0: you know i've never had one of those my Adam <laughs> adam's apple is very it's very subtle yeah so I,
1: it started like the size of a quarter and then it grew to like a golf ball and it kept growing and got bigger and bigger so they were like yeah we're gonna go ahead and take it out it's not cancer but you know it needs to be removed so i had surgery and in the process of all that i got to talk to nurses and i really thought their job was cool and they really comforted me and melt me like Helped me feel at ease about the whole surgery. Um, And then I was like, oh, I'm going to be a nurse. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I never really investigated the profession.
0: How how did the surgery go? It went great. You got to keep half your thyroid, right? I
1: kept all my parathyroid and half my thyroid gland. So your thyroid gland is shaped like an H.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know that.
1: And they just basically cut it in half. And you don't need all of it. Um, For some reason, your body likes symmetry. Yeah, we have a lot of two parts that we don't need, (laughs) and thyroid is one of them. So he took out half of my thyroid gland, and I don't have to take any medication. I'm my hormones are totally normal.
0: I'll be the judge
1: of that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have to take medication, and uh, yeah, my pediatrician is like really awesome and helped me keep half because I was 16, so I still was at the. pediatric hospital
0: and so you had a really positive experience with your and nurse did.
1: she actually also had horses
0: oh snap
1: so i related to her on a intimate level and wow um, <laughs> what did she look like i don't know <laughs> she was middle-aged but also it's a career that i could have support myself support my horse habit because that's expensive and i like the way
0: you just refer to it because it sounds kind of like like an addiction. <laughs> yeah, I've got this horse <laughs> habit. I'm trying to kick it.
1: Well, I mean, it's expensive. It's a it's a lifestyle, honestly. And not everybody can do it. And I'm privileged enough to do it. But I also knew I needed a job to where I could support that. So nursing, you know, you can, you can get a job anywhere and it pays decent. So um, that's why I really went into it. And then once I got into school, I was like, whoa, this is a lot more <laughs> than I thought it would be. Um, but I love it.
0: So you're at Bellarmine, Mm -hmm. you're taking nursing classes, Mm -hmm. you're living on campus?
1: I lived in the dorm for two years. The first year, I lived with a random roommate. Her name is Rachel. She lives in California. She's amazing. Uh, But we never became best friends. We were good friends, but we weren't like all over each other, which made us really good roommates. Damn,
0: I was hoping you you would tell me that you were all over each other.
1: I mean, we were both straight, so no. But we we didn't become like crazy best friends um and then i met kayla in a in anatomy class um that story is kind of funny because we were in anatomy practical which is like a lab um and after the first day she came up to me and she was like you're sarah and i was like yeah <laughs> who are you <laughs> And she had already known my name and knew who I was because, um, in my orientation with Bellarmine, I met one of her good friends, Lauren, and Lauren kind of brought us together. So my second year at Bellarmine, I stayed in the dorms, but I lived with somebody I knew. I lived with Kayla. Um,
0: so for the listener, Kayla is Nate, Nate's fiance. mm -hmm. Um, so you guys have met Nate. He has an episode already out and she and he are going to be getting married in October in October
1: they're getting married in October and I've been friends with Kayla since uh, freshman year of college exciting yeah so I lived with Kayla the remainder of my college years first in the dorm just with her and then we moved off campus junior year in a house with two other girls
0: the one off Winston?
1: Winston House I've been
0: there Winston House makes it sound very either like a haunted house (laughs) like don't go there that's Winston House (laughs) or like a castle kind of this is winston house this is a winston house event
1: yeah a lot of people have lived in winston house so winston house is iconic for bellarmine because we started renting it and then it was just a rental for six years after that and different people came in different people came out and it's like yeah it's well known
0: but it's only called winston house because you guys call it winston house
1: correct it's not like a plaque Well, the, yeah.
0: There's a plaque that says Winston House on it.
1: No.
0: Well, you all need to have one of those. But it's
1: made. on Winston Avenue. But
0: nobody lives there now, right?
1: It it was bought. Yes, it was bought.
0: So, but no Bellerman nursing students no, live. Okay.
1: Unfortunately,
0: it's too late. Then we can't get the plaque no. made. Yeah. Hmm. Oh well. So, any fun stories about Winston House? I just feel so fancy calling it that.
1: <laughs> Winston House was four, was fun. It was a four bedroom, two bathroom house. Um it was definitely old. It was haunted by Phoebe for sure. I knew it. Yeah.
0: I knew I see I see, I called it.
1: I mean, do you remember the wallpaper in the dining room? I
0: loved the wallpaper in the dining room. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was like very dark colors. Um was it flowers and fruit?
1: It was like what's behind you on our curtains like the what would you call that?
0: I have no idea. It's it, a pattern. It's like a floral pattern. It's like
1: a floral, floral pattern. But also in the dining room was the doorbell, which would occasionally just randomly go off when the doorbell had not actually been rung. Mm. So that's why it was haunted. Because the doorbell would just like go off randomly while we were in the house. Nobody else was there. It was also um, <laughs> one You know, day.
0: people could have been just ringing the doorbell and running.
1: No. Around. No. Okay. Because it would happen when, while we had the door, front door open and there's nobody there. Okay. Yeah, it was also haunted or I guess not haunted, but um. also had an infestation of sprickets.
0: Oh, I hate those things. Do you know what a is? Yeah, those is? big like tank headed crickets that are terrifying looking. They're
1: spider crickets.
0: Yeah, those are awful.
1: And they have lots of legs and then they can jump like 15 feet in the air. Like they can jump far. So our basement had a ton of those. We would constantly be catching them. That was always crazy. Um, I think they eventually had it like the basement sprayed, but uh, yeah, the sprickets was also a part of the Winston House.
0: I hate those things. Those things are terrifying. And they'll bite you.
1: <laughs> Will they?
0: Yeah, they'll jump on. I've been bitten by one of those.
1: Well, that makes me even more terrified because we never got bit, but like they would jump up and down and away and towards us, and that would freak us out.
0: We called them cave crickets.
1: Yes, that's another name for them.
0: They're they're terrible.
1: Mhm. But no, the Winston House was a nice home base for college.
0: And you lived there for how many years?
1: I lived there for two years. I also had and continued the Wanderlust into college.
0: Okay, so did you go on any big trips when you were in college?
1: So freshman year, anatomy class. Um, my professor's name was Dr. Lenz. who was amazing. He knew our names day one into the class. Like... The first day of class, he would call me, hey, Sarah. And it was like, I I just met you. Like, how do you know my name? He memorized our names. Um, But our second semester of freshman year, he invited all of his anatomy students to this uh, trip um, to the Bahamas on a marine biology class. So Kayla and I decided to take an elective course, which was marine biology.
0: That was also taught by the same man who ran your anatomy thing?
1: No, it was taught by other people's other professors in that same kind of college. Um, he was just promoting the trip, and that's how we heard about it. Um, another biology professor is actually who led the trip. So Kayla and I decided to take this elective because at Bellarmine, you, you get electives, you have to take philosophy, you have to take theology, you know. So, our one elective we chose to do our freshman year in marine biology because there was a trip associated with it so you took the class from january to april and then in april you went to the bahamas so the class itself was extremely hard it was my lowest grade all year it was crazy hard (laughs) um because you had to memorize all the species and then the trip was to san salvador island which is actually where supposedly christopher columbus uh, discovered the new world mm. so there's a whole like shrine for christopher christopher columbus there uh but san salvador Island in the bahamas is extremely small you can drive around the whole thing in an hour and we stayed on an old navy base which is actually now a research center and that was an amazing experience because we got to snorkel and um do like a field study part of marine biology which was cool.
0: That's really cool. How long were you guys there?
1: We were there a week. We had lecture every night. So you would get up in the morning and we, they would bus us out to snorkel all day and then you would have lectures whenever you came back to the base. Um, you stayed in this I mean the place we stayed was actually kind of gross but um, it was an old naval base so um, it was very basic like eight, <laughs> eight people. <laughs> Why is that so funny? The
0: naval base was basic.
1: Yeah, like eight people to a room. Just a big open room with a bunch of cots. That's all it was.
0: That doesn't sound terrible.
1: No, I mean, it was nice.
0: Bunch of girls. Bunch of guys.
1: Oh, that's a whole other story.
0: I think that's the story you need to tell right now.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so we stayed in a room with girls and, you know, did the whole... Trip, but it was also kind of a party trip, which Kayla and I didn't really know going into it.
0: I feel like that would be obvious. College kids (laughs) in the Bahamas.
1: (laughs) There were two bars on the island, two, on the whole island. You could walk to both of them. One was one mile away. One was three miles away.
0: What were their names?
1: I have no clue.
0: One mile bar and three mile bar. One of
1: the bars had t-shirts from every different college that had been there. Okay. It was a very college oriented bar. The other one was farther away. We only went there once. Um, but for example, we would go out, go to the bar, walk back. Kayla and I were not big drinkers at the time. Like we really weren't, we weren't big partiers. Um, but we had fun hanging out with other people. And one of the guys I remember getting really drunk started this whole dance party at one of the bars the next day all the locals were doing his dance oh wow <laughs> yeah like in the market and stuff
0: so there were people that lived on the island though. there
1: were there was one school on the island several houses several communities um there's a club med on the island so any of you people who have money you want to stay there you can nice well um, uh, didn't
0: you say that it got kind of destroyed in it the hurricane it
1: got it got hit by the hurricanes one or two years ago pretty hard so i don't know what it's like now But um, another couple um, who went with us were dating separate people. And on the trip, they cheated with each other. Oh, wow. (laughs) Now they're married with a kid. Well, good for them. Yeah.
0: If you're going to, I mean, at least it turned out nicely, you know, for them. Yeah. Probably not so much for their partner. It was lots of
1: drinking, which is like, you know, any college trip, um, which I wasn't into at the time. So we didn't really participate. But it was super fun because we got to hang out.
0: That sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. Did you see any interesting fish species?
1: We did. Um, lionfish.
0: Oh wow, you got to be careful; those things are poisonous, right?
1: They're like the most dangerous animal in the world, um, which I did not know. But
0: because you step on them, you, they barrel under the sand, right? And if you step on them, they will.
1: They're beautiful. Yeah, they so are beautiful. If you are listening, Google lionfish because they are gorgeous. But down there, they were wanted. There were wanted posters all over the island for lionfish if you saw one you were supposed to call and a team would come out and catch it so in the lab there were probably 15 different lionfish that you could walk in and see so luckily we did not see any on our actual snorkeling adventures because that would freak me out but you would see posters for them and we actually saw them in the lab on the island Um, and they were gorgeous Uh, we also swam with sharks
0: that's cool that see that's way more dangerous because lionfish are dangerous because they burrow under the sand and you and you if you step on them, their spines will inject you with
1: poison. Poison.
0: But if they're just swimming free and you're just swimming free, they're not gonna hurt you. No, yeah.
1: they're not gonna attack you. But sharks will fucking eat your so, eat your babies. One day was swim to the drop off day, <laughs> um, which is crazy now. But um, we were prepared. Like I had a whole wetsuit that I wore, which was like actually helped you swim. Like you you were more
0: it gave you buoyancy. Yeah,
1: yeah, you could float. So we swam to the drop off and a bunch of sharks came up to check us out because we were 30 people swimming out to this drop off in the ocean. I mean, they're going to want to know what's up. I think they were nurse sharks, reef sharks, very docile, beautiful animals that did not want to mess with us. (laughs) But (laughs) one day we were snorkeling. A lot of people were hanging out on the beach. It was free time and Kayla and I were snorkeling and we saw a bull shark.
0: Those motherfuckers are dangerous,
1: which are extremely dangro- dangerous. Dangerous. Uh-huh. They're not as bad as tiger sharks. Tiger sharks are probably the worst, but bull sharks are probably a close second. And this thing was massive. I don't even know how big, obviously I didn't get too close, but it was, it looked big. Um, and it was just swimming kind of away from us. And we kind of lo- saw the side of it and saw the back of it. Um, and at that point I got out of the water <laughs> cause I had seen enough. I was like, no, I'm done. Got out of the water, told a bunch of people that I'd seen it. So they went and chased him. So a bunch of the guys of our trip, specifically, sorry to all the guys out there, went and followed this bull shark and actually caught up to him and um, followed him for a while. He, he wasn't being aggressive. He was just being a normal shark. But um, that was a pretty cool experience because that's kind of dangerous, which makes it exciting. But I got out of the water really quick.
0: <laughs> I don't mean to contradict you, mm-hmm. but I've watched a lot of Shark Week. And I do believe that bull sharks are the most aggressive species of I think star.
1: it's tiger. I think it is.
0: Well, we'll Google this afterwards.
1: I guess we need to.
0: One of the things I want to do, because I was talking to Shamir, he says that he has like three Google Home things set up yeah. around. And if we had that right now, we could say, hey, Google, mm. what's the most dangerous? Hey, you know what? Let me do it on the phone.
1: Yeah. Let's just ask. Because I think it's tiger. Okay. I really do. I've, I've just heard... That they're most aggressive. We didn't really study sharks in my marine biology class. We got to see them, but we didn't really study them.
0: Okay, Google. What is the most aggressive species of shark?
1: According to New York Post, the great white is the most dangerous well, shark yeah. with a recorded 314 unprovoked attacks on humans. Who sees those, though? What's this, the second?
0: Okay, you nailed it. This is followed by the striped tiger shark mm-hmm. with 111 attacks.
1: Thank you. Good Thank job. You.
0: Bull sharks are one of the only species of shark that can survive in fresh water. Really? And so they will I didn't know that. S- they will
1: fresh water and can travel far up rivers. They have been known to travel up the Mississippi River as far as Alton, Illinois, about seven hundred miles from the ocean. Okay. The other thing we saw was barracuda. Ooh, barracuda. They say I can't remember. Ooh, I need to remember this. A brown barracuda, I think, is more aggressive than a clear. And a, and like a white barracuda.
0: Okay. I don't remember. I didn't but realize there were different types. We
1: swam through mangroves, which is all the, where the barracuda um, have their babies. Mm. So it's a bunch of tiny ones. Aww. And they're adorable, and they're little, and you're not worried because they're little. So that was cool.
0: A, I went on a uh, snorkeling trip one time, and this is a this is a horrible story, because I, I'm ashamed of my behavior in this story.
1: I can't wait. This sounds great.
0: So my family had gone on a trip to Key West, and while we were in Key West, we went on this snorkeling trip. It was like a a package. You could do a snorkeling trip, and then it also had like a sunset cruise trip, and we Mm -hmm. went on this snorkeling trip, Mm -hmm. and we snorkeled, and it was a really nice experience, but then also part of this was like a kayaking trip. Cool. You could get in a kayak, and you could kayak through some mangroves, and I had done the kayaking trip with my mom, or, or excuse me, with my dad, and it was really, really cool, but he had been mostly in charge of like making sure the kayak went where the kayak was supposed to go
1: that's a hard job
0: well he was he was an adult man so he was pretty capable
1: still though it's hard to steer those
0: uh he did a fine job good and he he had he had had a canoe when he was a younger man so like he was pretty confident with that and it was a really cool experience and i had a whole lot of fun but then my mom wanted to do it as well and i wanted to do it again so me and my mom got into this kayak and they were going to do another little like route through the same thing. The only difference was this time my mom was mostly in control of paddling the kayak and she may have been even less prepared to do this than me and I was like 11. So we're we, we start off with the group, everything seems fine, but then As we're going, we're falling further and further and further behind the group. We're having a very difficult time keeping up to where by probably about 20 minutes into this, they're way ahead of us. We haven't even made it to the mangroves. We're still out in the middle of this ocean and we're stuck. We're not even able to go in a straight line. Neither of us are competent at like maneuvering this kayak. I was so... Frustrated, so frustrated. And I'm like 11, and my mom's upset, and I'm upset, and so finally I'm just like, I don't want to be in this kayak with my mom anymore. No,
1: you did not get out. I dove out. <gasps> You're not supposed to do that. I
0: dove out. No life jacket, no nothing. Everybody on the the like the catamaran that we were on panics. Yeah, I was fine. I was a good swimmer. I was chubby, so I floated real well, and I just take off back. Swap, 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 swap.
1: You're not supposed to do that in uh, mangroves?
0: We weren't in the mangroves. We oh. hadn't made it to the mangroves. Oh, okay. And we are still out right in the middle of open water. I had been snorkeling in this exact same water earlier, but I had had flippers and a mask, and I had had a life jacket. But I didn't have a life jacket this time. So old dude on the catamaran jumps into the water and starts swims out to me and brings <laughs> me a life jacket. He thought I was going to be dying. He got to me. He was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, somebody go get my mom uh because <laughs> i can't handle her right now and she's probably back on that kayak. <laughs> out. yeah no i think she was just mad at me she was um, like don't you get off of this don't you dare i was like i'm not fucking having this anymore so i swam back to the the whole catamaran thing and then when i got back everybody was just pretty like relieved that i hadn't died like right. and, and drowned to yeah. death um but you know i was a little immature I yeah was a little, i was
1: 11. well that's understandable i mean You acted like some of the people on my trip, and they were in college. So there's that. But no, the day we were in the mangroves, you stepped off this dock. It was cement. And then you were not supposed to put your feet on the ground the rest of the time.
0: Yeah, because...
1: You disrupt them. Yeah. And you can cause all sorts of animals just to scurry away. So you're supposed to just kind of hover and float and snorkel for hours, which was great, which was fine. But a couple people on the trip decided to stand up and walk and that ruined like the whole thing so we did get to see a lot but we didn't get to see as much because a couple people decided to like disrupt the actual environment habitat so
0: they deserve they just disturbed like the sediment and then the water got very cloudy
1: yeah the mangroves was like really nice because it was calm you could go wherever you wanted so that was frustrating but the other days were actually kind of intense because some of the water was really rough One day they wouldn't even let us get in the water because they said it was too dangerous. Um, But most days we would just snorkel for eight to 10 hours and you would just kind of float and explore whatever you could. Um, One day we did go to sand dollar beach, which was really cool um, to just like lay out beautiful beach. And then they had a lot of sand dollars, which if you found a dead one, you could take it home. Uh So a lot of people were convinced to try to find one. Of course, all the ones I found were still alive and thriving.
0: How do you how do you know? I don't even know if I've ever seen a live so a sand dollar. So a live
1: sand dollar is brown. Okay. And it has little fuzzy legs, essentially, on the bottom of oh, it. Oh, really? And, I mean, it's brown. It doesn't even look like a normal skeleton of a sand dollar. Oh, so, so that's a
0: skeleton. It's, so, yeah, okay. whenever
1: you buy those sand dollars in the store that are white, that is the sand dollar's skeleton. And gotcha. um, if you found them dead, you were obviously allowed to take them, like, as whatever but we didn't because they were all alive and thriving it was really cool and lots of starfish too
0: oh that's really cool big yeah. ones
1: yeah really big when you, you could pick them up and then you could put them back down
0: as big as the ones we saw like in oregon
1: mm-hmm. gosh those were Even big bigger. those were
0: like big really like how and big then,
1: uh like two feet two feet a foot?
0: like a basketball
1: yeah wow yeah really big and then conch shells that was huge um, so I smuggled a conch shell home.
0: Smuggled? We're I don't not think allowed I was it. supposed
1: to take it through customs.
0: I'm sure it's fine. It's just a shell. Just a seashell. Think,
1: I didn't tell them I had it. I just kind of decided to take it. But um, obviously the animal was dead and gone. Yeah. It was on land whenever I picked it up and took it. But it's beautiful. Have I seen it? Yeah, it's in our bathroom.
0: Oh, that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool.
1: That's from San Salvador. That's cool. Yeah.
0: So is that the most memorable experience you had in college?
1: Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I also went to Guatemala in college. That was another trip I did. Um, But it was different, very different, more of a service oriented trip.
0: What were you doing that time?
1: We were assisting in the villages, building and painting and cleaning. And then we also had dental and physical therapy clinics. So we were pulling teeth. And dental cleanings and then physical therapy. I didn't really do much with physical therapy. The physical therapy students, PT school, kind of took over that.
0: You pulled teeth?
1: I did not um, because it made me uncomfortable. But we took dentists and dental school students with us and they pulled teeth.
0: So what what was your main role?
1: Uh, sterilizing the instruments. I helped with that. Um, I helped keep everything very organized. And then I also helped keep a lot of the kids occupied mm. <laughs> and and happy. And then we uh, painted and built a lot of property. So I learned how to mix cement manually, which is so hard. <laughs> uh, so we did that and painted.
0: That's really cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So that kind of leads us into the next big thing I want to talk about. And that's it for part one. Guys, I know what you're thinking. Wow. Mitch could not have married a more charming young lady. And you're absolutely right. She's wonderful. I I love her so much. And I'm so grateful that she did this podcast with me. But we're still not finished. Make sure you tune in Wednesday to listen to part two. This is the first time I've really done this, guys. But if you are really enjoying what you're hearing and you appreciate the show, there are links on the Facebook page, to my Patreon page, which will allow you to make a contribution and become a patron, reinvesting in the community. As we grow, I've got plans for merch. I've got plans for expanding the website. And any of your all support, that's exactly where it's going to go to. It's going to go towards making those dreams come true. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please be sure to rank the show. It really helps. And another big way that you guys can show your support is just by... Sharing links to the episodes, making sure people know that they exist, making sure that people know where they can listen. It goes, it goes so far. So I really appreciate you all's investment. I love you all and I hope you have a fantastic week. Bye.